His great house, the home of peace. So there's something hanging in the head this morning that we need to take hold of. There's something hanging in the head we need to take hold of. And we'll do that quickly before I get into the word. I can't pick it exactly yet, but I see it hanging so much so to rest on the spirit of someone this morning. There's something we need to take hold of. See, that's something we need to cancel during the prayer session. The prosperity was talking about the spirit of depression. Okay. And I think it's becoming a, 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 an issue now currently. You know? And the idea is sold from the place of the things we hear. The news everywhere. Everything we just hear is Nigeria is bad. That's just everything we hear. Everything the media sells to us, everything sells to us. And it's so difficult for you to keep hearing that and not be taken down by depression. If you take somebody who is extraordinary for, for, for the person not to be taken hold of by that spirit. And you know, you keep you see that you just get angry unnecessarily. Things are just happening unnecessarily. Okay, what, what the Lord wants to do is just to purify our spirit this morning. Yeah. He wants to purify our spirit that you know you become see. You can be in this Nigeria and you will flourish exceptionally. Yeah. I know it. You can be in this Nigeria and know the definition of stress. It's a covenant that you belong to. You know, when the Lord created Adam and Eve, He had them in the garden. Where they will feed and where they will walk was just within a very close radius. So it means that your feeding and your existence. It's not supposed to come with toy. It was only the glory department. We are all Nigeria. So we are all part of the body of Christ. Amen. So we want to take it further this morning. And we're able to also establish last week. I'm trying to do a recap just to refresh our memory. That the importance of the local church is, is that our life is dependent on it. That you have to be planted in a local church. You have to be a part of a local church for you to even prosper. Your prosperity is dependent on being a part of the local church. Because that is where your life draws from. That is where um, your entire prosperity and fulfillment of your purpose comes from. Amen. So this morning what we want to now go into is to look at um, what do we do in the local church. So now that we know that for me to prosper, for my life to to make sense here on earth. I need to be a part of a local church. I need to be a part of a local assembly like this. So what do we now do when we come together? What do we do when we gather? And there was a word I was making use of last week very well. Who can remind me as, as, as we talked about that last week? There was a word I was, I kept emphasizing a particular word. Togetherness. Togetherness. So the coming together of the brethren is what is called the local church. So when we come together like this, this is a local church. And now, because what gives birth to us is redemption, the salvation of Christ is what gives birth to us. So we are all brethren. So it means we come from the same source. So it's because I have Jesus, I can come and sit down with you. We are all now children of Christ. So that's what the word brethren is. It means from the same womb. The source meaning of the word brethren is from the same womb. So we are all from the same womb. That is why we are here. So 
It means that togetherness is very key. That we all stay together. So when Paul will write to the Romans, Corinthians, and all of that, he will always talk about when ye gather together. When you come to the church together. When you eat together. When you fellowship together. So our togetherness is where our strength is and our power is. Amen. So now, what do we now do when we gather? So what do we do when we come together like this? Now, why this is important is that you don't miss out on what God asks for you. So if this church, church system is God's idea. So if you don't understand why we now come to church, you know, some people who come to church expect to get certain things that the church is not designed to give. Amen. You know, it will be so difficult for you to go to the U.S. now. And suddenly, there is no power supply. And you now say, worry. Does it make sense? So, and that is what many of us have done to the church. That a whole lot of things go wrong and what you just want to point fingers at is the church. Any small thing, the church has not done this, the church has not done that. So, and as believers, as people who understand the importance of the church, if you don't know what is done in the church, you will miss out on what God asks for you in the church. Amen. So, you don't go to a school and you begin to do what's against the the setting of the school. So if you go to a school and the requirement is that you do certain course, you do elective, you do main course and all of that, but you, you say, no, me, this is how I want to do it. What will happen at the end of your four years? You don't have a certificate. Amen. So if we know it is important for us to belong to a local church, as we have established last week, we now need to understand what do we actually do in the context of the local church. Now, taking it from last week, I want to establish something that I was having a conversation with a friend who went through our snippet and she shared something with me. I was like, wow, I'm going to start from there. Let's, let's, let's open to um, 2 Samuel 11.15. I want to establish how powerful it is for you to be a member of a local church. I'll start from there, then we'll go to where we gather. 2 Samuel 11.15. Glory to Jesus. Anybody there? Who has a very loud voice? That's the advantage of this kind of religion. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Now, I'm going to quickly share that story briefly. Uh, some of us may have, may have read it. When David slept with the wife of um, Uriah, who was his, his, uh, one of his men on the field. Now, Uriah was in the field fighting the battle for Israel. And the king of Israel was somewhere upstairs looking at the woman who happens to be the wife of Uriah. Now, when David now had intercourse with the wife, and the wife came back and told him that, Dear king, I'm pregnant. The king was so disturbed. I was looking at, how do I, how do I remove this shame? You know, it looked like a shameful thing that you have some of your guys on the field and the king impregnated. So the king thought of what he could do was to bring Uriah. He called him back. And he, he told Uriah, now there's a, there's a message I've been trying to preach for years. I've not preached it before. A man like Uriah. That guy is one of the most powerful guys I've seen in the scripture. Even though his story is not so good. Now, the king called him 
And the king told him to go to his house and sleep with his wife. So that that, sh- that, that can be covered as though he was the one who impregnated the wife. This guy slept at the gate of the king's palace. The king came and looked at him. All right, you didn't go. This guy was so faithful, serving God. He knew that. He said, I cannot go and enjoy with my wife. Why the people of God are in battle? We are trying to fight a war for, this, for the country. And we are fighting with the ark of God. It's in battle. And me, I will go and sleep with my wife. The guy stayed there. And the king was looking. How will somebody be this faithful? The king, the second day, went and made sure this guy got drunk. You know, when you are drunk, they say you lose your mind. Ah, masharabakata. I must get to a place in my life that there's nothing that can be done that will take me away from faithfulness to God. Uriah stood. Uriah was drunk. He still slept at the gate. He didn't go home to sleep with his wife. And the king looked at, ah, even while somebody's drunk, he's somewhere inside of him. It means that what was controlling that guy was now beyond emotions. Was beyond, you know, when you are drunk, you just, people, people now enter into a realm where there's, there's a faculty of their system that begins to work. And they just speak anyhow. In fact, some of the things that are in your heart that you may not be able to say before, you now say it carelessly. So it means the deepest thing that that guy was living for was to live for the fighting the battle of God. So even though he was drunk, he was still staying there. Now, I will not go and enjoy with my wife. Why the ark of God is there? Now, the king now thought of what to do. How is he going to make sure this thing won't happen? Then he thought of killing Briar. Then he sent a letter, and that was the verse 15 we read, to Joab. Joab is the, the one who was leading the army. And he wrote to Joab, he said, make sure that Uriah is placed in the toughest place in the battle. Now, let's read it carefully. Let me read it from here. And you see what togetherness does. He said, the letter instructed Joab to put Uriah at the front of the hottest part. At the front of the hottest part. Okay, so at the front of the hottest part uh, of the battle and then pull back and leave him there to die. Amen. Now, there are two things that will lead to the death of Uriah. He said, put him at where? The hottest part. That means the most difficult part of the battle. That's where you should put Uriah. Now, but that was not what killed Uriah. He said, and what? Pull back. And he was left alone. So, no matter how tough the battle was, if they were together, Uriah was the, that guy, somebody that could be drunk and still knew that the ark of God is in the battle. The guy fought till he died. So, when you are faced with the toughest challenge in life, as long as you are what? Together with the brethren. You cannot lose the battle. He said, put him at the hottest part of the battle. And what? Withdraw. From him. Amen. So that's how powerful the church system is. That's how powerful the church system is. As long as you remain together with the brethren, oh, there's no mountain too high for you. Amen. Amen. 
So that the Lord will be raising men like Uriah who just have their focus on God. In fact, that guy should have a medal in heaven. He should have a place. I, I, I just, each time I read that guy, I'm like, how do somebody come to that point where you are so committed just to the service of God? Even till death. Even while they were living in there, the guy was still loading his spear. Now, I will fight this battle for the Lord. But what killed him wasn't because he was on the other part of the battle. But when they withdrew from him, as long as Israel was together, nobody can defeat them. Amen. That's how powerful it is that we stay together. So now let's, let's move into why do we now, why do we gather? Why do we need to be together? So now to understand this, we we'll look at the things that are not the purpose of the church. Why we don't gather in the church. Though we are, well, before we now see why we actually gather. So I'll share some few things and I trust the Lord to bless us this morning. Now the first thing is that the local assembly, the local church is not where we meet to eat. This is, <laughs> this is a very funny part that, you know, there's, there, there have been a lot of uh, people who do a lot of uh, philanthropy. You see people share food and immediately you see people do those work. The next thing you hear is this is what the church is supposed to be doing. Let's share food. Let's do things like that. Now, this is not what we do when we gather in the local church. Food sharing is not... Now, let, let, let's we'll, we'll do some scriptural. Let's go to 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-four. And when we see this, we see how powerful it is that you are a part of a local church. 1 Corinthians eleven fifteen. Now, I'll read from here. Uh, sorry, 1134. 1 Corinthians 1134. I'll read from here. It says, if anyone is really hungry, <laughs> he should eat at home. <laughs> now, so that he won't bring punishment upon himself when you meet together. Now, you see that word together. It's so, it's so important. Now, he was talking about when they were talking about sharing the Lord's, uh, the Lord's table and all of that. Now, some people now believe that when they come to church, they should be able to get fed. And now, Paul was now trying to let them understand that the purpose of gathering together is not that we come and we eat. It's not that we come and we meet our need for food. So, when the church gather together, there is something more important than gathering to meet for food. But then, let me say this, that the church gather together not for meeting of needs, but when we gather, we actually meet needs. I don't know if you get that. The purpose of our gathering is not meeting of needs, but when we actually now gather, we meet needs. But that is not the reason why we gather. So, if something is not the reason, why would you get angry in the first place? Now, if you buy, if you buy a phone, let's say you buy a, a, a Samsung phone, and you now want to do what an iPhone will actually do, and you are now angry. Maybe somebody else is using his iPhone to do certain things, or maybe iCloud, and you are angry that your Samsung is not doing that thing. Now, who should we flog? The phone the person or the manufacturer. 
<laughs> Do you understand this? So the purpose for the gathering of the local church, let's look, look at Acts 1 to 3 to establish that more. We are going somewhere actually so that we see why we actually gather. Anybody could read that Acts 1 to 3. This loud, if you are going to read very loud. Okay, you can stop there, sorry. Now, you hear what he said there? He said, it does not make sense that we do what? We leave the word of God to save tables. Now, because as the church began to increase, because when we gather, we actually meet needs. So when they gathered, there was actually meeting of needs. So everybody fellowshipping together, this one trying to reach out to this, this one trying to reach this. So it got to some people that they now believed that the reason for gathering was to be meeting the needs for food. So that now started causing dissension and makes them. So you say, ah, eh, brother Paul will always give Yoruba people more rice. And the guy who is Igbo in the church is angry that the guy who is Aousa is giving more to the other people. So, and Paul saw that this was becoming uh, an issue in the church that was changing the purpose of gathering in the church. So he said it does not make any sense that we leave the most important thing, why we are established, and go to serving foods. Amen. So, when the church gathers, the church is not meant for philanthropy. Amen. The church is not actually meant for meeting food needs and all of that. So, when you see people write stuff on Facebook, why will the church, why will the pastor buy a private jet? The question is, why will you so buy a car? You know, you get angry when you see a pastor do some certain things. And you say, why will a pastor do this? The question is, why you? You are working, you have salary, and you are doing well for yourself. The man also is working, and he's getting something for himself. So why does he also not deserve some of those things? But because we just believe that the church is supposed to be servicing people. Just, just There are many people in the church that doesn't have a job. So the pastor should be sharing money. Just share for everybody. Amen. Amen. How many of us would like it if we just start sharing money every Sunday? You know, but the truth is that is not why we come to the church. That is not the purpose of the church. But when we actually now come together, we will actually meet our needs. But that is not the reason for us to come together. Amen. Is that clear? Do we get that? So let's move to the second one. The third one is going to blow your mind. It's, it's something I know most of us will not even uh, believe it's something that could be why we don't gather. Now, the second one, the, the local church is not where we gather to build social connections. Ah, people support church for if I go to that church, I will get a job. The church, the local church is not where we go to support social connections. Somebody will look at see you can be in a church that people that can you know that physically like mentally when you look at it mentally ah, this person is chairman so this person you can be there for ten years you will not be the gate man of anywhere you will not get a job you will not get anything see there is no help that comes to you except the Lord sends it to you see blessings are commanded blessings they are commanded they are not things you work for. When the Lord commands a blessing on you, men respond. 
That's why the scripture was saying the heart of the king and chiefs they belong to the Lord. So if you choose a church, if you if you if you go to a church so that you can have social connections, in fact, some people go to ch- some church like this is my church. We are not plenty. I may not get a wife. <laughs> let me let me that next church. Ah, no youth are plenty. Let me go and scout. <laughs> Do you understand? Now, these are reasons why people go to church. These are reasons why people, but that is not why we gather in a local church. You don't come to a church so that you get a job. You don't come to a church so that you find a husband, you find a wife. Now, Abraham needed to find a, a wife for his son. Right? And he said to his servant, he said, go to my father's house. Now, that's one of the doctrines that you need to find a spouse within the family of faith where you are born. Remember, I defined that brethren means we are from the same womb, which is from salvation. So it means that within my house is where I will find a soulmate. That's why the scripture talked about being not unequally yoked with unbelievers. So that's what Abraham was trying to establish to us that don't go outside of my family to find a wife. But you see, Abraham understood that covenant was above the choice of a wife for his son. Because when the servant now said to him, he said, sir, what if I don't find anyone in this place? Should I take your son to go and leave, to go to that place? He said, under no circumstance should you take my son. Why? Because the Lord has already given him a word. The Lord sent him. There was a covenant that brought him out of that place into a place where he was going. And the destination was to the land flowing with milk and honey. There's a covenant upon Abraham that his is, is descendant were to fulfill. So, he was saying to him, see, marriage is important, but that is not more important than the covenant. So, if it means my son should stay single, the covenant above marriage. So, the purpose is actually above other fringement benefits you may receive. But the truth is, when you stay with the covenant, those benefits will follow. So you see the scripture saying, seek first the kingdom of God and all other things shall be added unto you. So the purpose of coming to the local church is not that we make connections. See, you can be in a church like this that you don't even know that the guy on ripped jeans is the CEO of a company. But because the Lord led you and you are there, when you are where you are planted, you will bear fruit. Just like we established last week. So, the local church is where you are planted for something more serious than making connections. So, if your purpose for coming is to make connections, there's, see, you are filled from beginning. There's nothing they can do in that local church that will bear fruit in your life. Amen. Amen. So, Abraham understood this. When I saw that, I was like, wow. He said, under no, he said, if I don't find a wife for him there, should I take it? He said, under no circumstance. Should you take him to that place? Why? Because the Lord has called us out. And there's a place we are going to. If he wouldn't find a wife, then so be it. Because the covenant is higher than the the benefits that will be sick. You know, but many of us are actually ready to go out of the covenant because of what we're going to get. Amen. Amen. I've seen people do all sorts just to get job. You know, I will do anything. Compromise. 
compromise just because of the things we want to get at the moment. And the Lord is saying to somebody this morning, how would you value my covenant above the blessings that you see in the natural realm? So, would you be ready to lose your job not to compromise on the covenant of God over your life? Would you be ready to be cast away by people you so love just because you want to stay with the promises and purpose of God for your life? Amen. So, when we gather in the local church, it's not to find connections. It's not to, it's not to look for job. It's not to look for spouse. There's something the Lord wants to do that is more. Now, you, 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 know, you know what Abraham got into, right? The covenant. Now, compare it to marriage. Today, when we want to pray, people still mention the God of Abraham, Isaac. Isaac would have lost out on that genealogy if he was pursuing after a wife at the expense of the covenant. Amen. So, the purpose of the church is not that. The Lord is working on behalf of somebody now. I see it. I see it. Amen. My time is so short. So, let's go to the last, last one on why we don't gather. Now, we don't come together for miracles. Amen. We don't come together for miracles. Now, is miracle good? That is not why we come together in the local church. You see, this is why many of us are restless. You see, I see many people from one program to the next program to the next program just because of what we are looking for miracles. Now, why we gather in the local church, and I'm going to establish that to you. See, miracles does not, does not build your faith. Now, what builds the faith is what the miracle points you to. Why Jesus did miracles? He knew that the miracle... Now, you see, when you have experiences, they are not what builds your faith. Because the experiences are so temporal. The excitement is temporal. Now, you need the miracle of a car. And you got the miracle. See, the max you can drive a car that will excite you is two weeks. I'm telling you. After two weeks... That car no longer looks like. You will see a new car that is better than that one you are driving. So, miracle is not why we gather in the local church. That's not what we gather for. So, you see a lot of people from one mount, from one, you have a local church, you have a pastor who is feeding you rightly, then you are still the same one. This one, early morning prayer here. Early morning, why? Because you are looking for miracle. You have not understood what it means to be planted in a local church. Now, let, let's look at the scripture to understand this very clearly. Let's look at John 6, 10 to 15. I'll read from here to make it fast. We don't gather for miracles. John 6, 10 to 15. It says, tell everyone to sit down. Now, this was the miracle of where God, where Jesus multiplied bread. He said, tell everyone to sit down. Jesus ordered. And call, and all of them, the approximate count of the men only was 5,000. They sat down at the grassy slope. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God. And passed them out to the people. Now, because of our time. Okay, let me close. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And everyone ate until they were full. Now, gather the scraps. Jesus told his disciples so that nothing is wasted. And the basket were filled. Leftovers. 
Did Jesus do a miracle here? Yes or yes? I want to church you. Did Jesus do a miracle here? What was the miracle? He multiplied um, 12, uh, 5 loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people, right? That was the miracle. Now, go to that same 10, verse 24. Now, it says, So when the people saw that Jesus wasn't there, nor his disciples, they got into the boat and went across to Capernaum to look for him. Now, the same people he did that miracle for, they were now looking for him again. Look at this. When they arrived and found him, they said, Sir, how did you get here? Jesus replied, The truth of the matter is that you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you believe in me. Now, I need somebody who ask KJV to read that verse 26 very loudly. Now, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me. Now, not because you saw what? Now, what was the miracle? Now, look at what Jesus said next. Continue. Now, did we do mass? Let's, let's do this mass. Jesus said, you seek me because you saw the miracles. Go back, read it again. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me. Now, he said they seek him not because they saw the miracle, but they seek him because they heard of the loaves and were fed. He said they seek him not because of the miracle. And he said they still seek him because they heard of the loaves and were fed. So what's the miracle? I don't know if you get this, if you see that. He said you seek me not because of the miracles. But you seek me because you ate of the loaf and the, uh, the fish and the loaf. Now, what then is the miracle? But Jesus said they, they, they are seeking him not because of the miracles. But they seek him because they ate of the loaf and the fish. So, please, what is the miracle? Say a sheet of paper. Write your name. <laughs> now, I want you to see something so profound that the Lord is trying to show to us here. In the book of Hebrews, he began to explain that they could not enter into his rest. Those of the old covenant. And he was now bringing us into something also here. He was trying to explain the miracle. Now, you see, we come to church. Now, I started from the saying that why we gather in the local church is not because of miracles. Now, the miracle is what Jesus wants us to see by the miracles. Now, what Jesus was doing just like he sent manna to them. He sent manna to them, not that they may see the miracle, but that they may see the God that could provide the manna. That when they see the manna, that the manna will only be an evidence that there is a God. And their faith will go to the God and not on the manna. So now, in the New Testament again, he began to multiply bread. When he multiplied the bread, what he wanted them to see is that he is able I am the miracle. These are just the miracles that you see. Eating of the bread is not what he wants them to gather for. He wants them to gather for him. See him expressing the glory of the Father. So when we gather, we gather not because of miracles. Miracles are just, they are simple things to the Father. 
So when you become so awestruck with miracle, you miss out on your planting. So you see somebody coming to church because you need a child. Okay, after you got the child, what next? You are not planted. Then you need a car. Then you hear that there's a ministry that anybody that goes there, he gets a car. That's your next church. After you get the car, I need a house. Ah, there's one Baba. <laughs> this church, people have been going there, they've been building houses. You move next. You don't understand the local church. You don't come for miracles. Miracles are for now. Do you know even the greatest miracle that has happened to you is salvation? You see, that you have been translated from the kingdom of the darkness into the kingdom of light. Oh, Mashanaba. That's the miracle. You, you are a miracle working. So, now, inside of that, your miracle is where you now begin to see daily miracles. So, as you begin to stay in this miracle, now, as you understand the Jesus, Jesus wants you to come to a place that you are the one who will be multiplying the bread. So, because you don't understand that, you keep jumping from one place to place. But once you abide in me and abide in you, then every day you begin to multiply the bread and fish yourself. That's what he wants you to come into. And that cannot happen until you are planted in a local church. Because you keep moving, looking for miracles. You don't gather for miracles. No, that's not why we gather in the local church. Amen. Amen. Now, if miracles were so powerful to hold a man in Jesus, in God, see, there's nobody that could have trusted had faith in God more than the Israelites. Do you know what it means to walk on the on the on the on the on the AC? It's not although can you it's not even Tommy Lambrido. Like Red Sea. You see the Red Sea like this, and it parts before you, and you walked. You are seeing the sea as walls beside you, and you walk through. And now it's not just that. Those who are coming behind you, once they came into it, they think closed. So it, that even tells you that our walking was not natural. Because for other people to come in and it closed in on them, there's something we carried. There was something carrying us when we were moving that wasn't carrying these ones. What else is strong enough to hold a man to believe in God and that? But after some weeks, these same guys, they were looking for rings and say, this is the calf that brought us out of Israel, out of Egypt. So if miracles were powerful enough, those guys would have believed in God. There's something more than that. Why we gather in the local church? We don't gather because of miracles. But when we gather, now, in all of what I've been saying, I will tell you, we don't gather for it. But when we gather, those things will happen. We don't gather for miracles, but when we gather, miracles happen. But that is not why we gather. You know why I'm helping you with all of this? So that you have the right mindset to receive what the Lord has for you in the local church. You may not be here, you may be somewhere else. You need to understand what the local church really is all about. So the first thing, we don't gather for what? Number two, we don't gather for? And number three, we don't gather? That's not why we come to the local church. Amen. Amen. Now, the local church is so natural in itself that all of these things that we see begin to happen naturally. When you just belong to the local church. When you are planted in a church. When you begin to grow. These things begin to happen. Now I've seen the Lord give me connections that. It's not even possible. There's no way I could have done it. 
with my own senses to say, ah, that place, this is where I will get this. I've had jobs I didn't apply for. Somebody applied for me and just say, I think you should be able to do this job. Now, there are things that I didn't know. I've done 10 years ago. I just need them now. So how would you have calculated those things? But when you are in a local church, when you are being fed constantly, just like a tree planted by the rivers of water, what will happen to you? You flourish day and night. So my flourishing is in me being planted in the local church. So it means my food is me being planted in a local church. My miracles is in me being planted in a local church. The connections you are looking for is me being planted in a local church. But I don't come to the local church because of all of that. Amen. So let's just wrap it up with why we now come to the local church. Are you being blessed? Okay, I will tie it up so fast. I think I have just about three minutes more. Now, you see the first local church after, you know, last week I was painting the, the local church for us from the assembly in heaven. So now, you see that when Jesus, after he died and he resurrected and he came back, so he gathered his guys together and that he, he was like the first template of the local church in the New Testament. Now, one thing you will see that Jesus began to do, the scripture said he taught them for what? 40 days. Straight, 40 days, he began to teach them. Now, the local church is where we gather to be taught in the world. See, that is why we gather. Amen. Just like we read in that Acts 6, let's read it again. Acts 6, let's read it again. So that we establish that from the scripture. Acts chapter 6, verse 2. Then the, the twelve called the multiple disciples, yes, and said, let's use our current language to make sense. It doesn't make sense that we leave what? The word of God and begin to serve Jesus. So what does that tell you? The, import, the, the, the reason, the, the real deal why we gather in the local church is that we are being fed with what? So, if you are looking, just like somebody will say, you don't go to a church because it's close to your house. You go to a church because it's close to the word of God. So, you don't go to church because ah, that place is close. No. Are you being fed? You know, any plantation that you don't water, what will happen to it? So, if your flourishing is in being a part of a local church, if you are not being fed there with the word of God, you will fail. So, we gather in the local church for the purpose of being fed with the word of God. Amen. Amen. So, Jesus prioritized teaching after his resurrection. Even before his resurrection, he was always teaching them. Have you not seen that he wasn't doing miracles with his disciples? How many miracles did he perform with his disciples? Like, was he just doing miracles every time with them? It was when they now went out together. And you see that when he, he told he caused the fig tree, his guys were now like, eh, sir, that fig tree you caused yesterday, it's not bearing, it's not, it's not that, it's not dry, and all of this. Because he, he didn't prioritize that in his meeting with them. So now, this is what happens. You sit there, there listening to me, and now the one who will go out and do the miracles. You are the one who will now go out and do the ministry. You are the one who will do the miracles. Someone in your office 
be sick, you are the one who will say, oh, I've been taught in my church that as I lay my hands on the sick, they shall be whole. Sorry, be sick, can I pray for you? That is it. Amen. You are the one who now sees somebody in your office who looks depressed. And you say, ah, Tunde, what's going on with you? And you say, I'm just tired with life. Ah, and on Sunday in church, we were taught that there's something called moving from toiling to a place of tending. Can I share this with you? And the person say, ah, when you shared with me, peace came to my heart. You go out and do the miracles. Amen. So when we gather in the local assembly, the priority of the local assembly is what? Being taught. Instructed in the word. So that should be your reason for coming to a local church. Not for every other thing you have mentioned. So I'm looking for where I can be planted and where I can be raised in the word of God. And I now become a walking miracle. Amen. And the second thing that was mentioned in that scripture was prayer. Was prayer. Amen. We gather to be instructed in the word and we also gather to pray. Verse 1, 4. Please read it. Hey. We give ourselves continually to what? To prayer. And to the ministry of the Lord. That was after he de-emphasized the food and all of that. And he said, this is what we should give ourselves to as a local church. To prayer and to what? The ministry of the Lord. So when we gather, we do what? We pray. And also are taught in the Lord. Now, when these two things are constant, I'm telling you, your flourishing, nobody can question it. See, no devil can stand in your way. I've tasted it. I've seen it. It works. When you are in a place where you are being fed the word properly and prayer goes on, there's something about the prayer of the brethren when we gather together. Now, after Jesus fed them 40 days with the word and Jesus left and they were in the upper room, the scripture says, and they gather together praying. And what happened? It was an outpour. That's the power of the local church. When we gather together, we gather to pray. And we gather to be taught in the world. So, you may have had a different mindset about the local church. Ah, where I want to come, my problem. See, when you come to the local church, you're... Now, you know, when you plant a seed, do you see all of what is going on when you plant that seed? What do you just do? You keep watering. And you have faith that one day, one day, you will get a corn to eat from this. So, when we come to the local church, when you are planted, all of your problem on the way has already been envisaged. And it's inside of the water that you are putting on it daily. It has taken care of all of those things. One day, you just see that the thing has shut up. So, the prayer and the word are actually elements that takes care of all of your problems inside the seed that you are. So, as you just keep growing in praying, in word, in prayer, in the word, in prayer, you just see that something begins to happen. You keep entering into it. You keep entering into where God wants you to be. And that is the purpose of the local church. So when we gather, we gather to pray and we gather to be taught in the world. Can we have it? So we're going to pray. My time is really up, but I just need to do this. We're going to pray now. We're going to pray. You see? We're going to pray. You know, we started from the Lord trying to deliver some of our hearts from struggle. Oh, Shana Kamana, Siante Baradosa. 
Zukutuba labana siati varadi zekuteli brado shateli gedia. Zukumenanesi zekateli gedi marabaka shandi. Oh, that the hearts of your men may be filled. Rabakusu menano sukateli merendi katubra gadia. Rakusuta libaradi zekoto velanosi. Oh, Jesus, that the heart of men may be, may be, may be, may be right here today. May be set right. May be set right. Mashallah, katu barani ateki. Zekoto brakiategi legadesi. Oh, lane manakuati. Ligada baradisa. That as we gather and as we begin to feed on the world and as we pray, that this man will bear fruit. That this man will bear fruit. Oh, that this man will bear fruit. Oh, can you open your mouth and begin to bless the Lord that you will bear fruit. That you will bear fruit. That you will bear fruit. Maraba suta neketegi. Maraba suzoveranano suketegi. That you will bear fruit. Oh, that I will bear fruit. When you are planted rightly, you are you are bound to bear fruit. You have come to Mount Zion. Oh, shana manakasutai. Ah, you will bear fruit. That I will bear fruit. In the name of Jesus, that I will bear fruit. Marabakusande kiteli gedia, rabato vanana kiteli gedia, arabako shandi marabato siati, zatali berebedo kutoli gedia, arabakashata marabana siati. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, sarabakata. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We pray that the Lord will help us, that our heart. His Great House, the Home of Peace.